So what's true for me is is uh, I don't give up and I always want to push the needle a little bit and I always want to push the push the line a little bit and I always want to try and see what is beyond what everybody has thought about I can create. But I don't necessarily say that's the characteristics for all all individuals because everybody shows up differently and has a very different set of characteristics that would you that can be utilized and to be able to go hey how is it that i can change my reality going forward how is it and what is it that i can do in the times to come where i can actually change my reality life is a dance life is music you keep playing it but you but you know that there will be an end there will be death and that will be the end right but you don't work for the end you work for the play body mind empowerment get stronger faster smarter quicker friendlier more helpful more driven everything the body needs control your mind Welcome to the Body Mind Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host Seamland and our guest today is Ajit Nawalka. Ajit is a serial entrepreneur, global educator and consultant. He co-founded companies like Mind Valley, Evercoach and Teach. He's also the author of the books The Book of Coaching and Live Big. Ajit, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Sim. I'm pleased to have you here. And uh, can we can you just talk a little bit about your background? You know, most of the listeners might not have heard about you. Where do you come from and uh, how did you end up becoming an entrepreneur? So I, I was born in a small town of Jaipur in India about several years ago, of course. I don't want to date myself. But, uh, but that's where I was born. I was born in the household of 23 other people. This was basically my family, my extended family, my cousins, my grandparents, my parents, my parents' cousins. All of us lived together in the same house. And, and as we kind of lived together, of course, you can imagine when there are 23 people sharing the same space, it leads to not having a lot of abundance in context of the place that you have, the space that you have, and also, of course, the amount of money that you can spend on things that you would really like to have. And as a teenager, as a young kid, I, I always struggled with that. I struggled with the idea that I had... Uh, my room was my brother's room, was our playroom, was a study room, was the guest room, was all the rooms that are possible for for us. So it was a little bit challenging for me personally to to live in that reality and to grow up in that reality and to be able to go, hey, how is it that I can change my reality going forward? How is it and what is it that I can do in the times to come where I can actually change my reality? And that led me to to really take some early risks in life. Firstly, I tried to change my reality by just making money. Uh, and so I studied for what in India is the traditional route, which is try to be an engineer, a doctor, or an accountant. Uh, I was not very good at studies, so neither of those really were working out for me. But I did make an attempt at trying to be an engineer. Uh, didn't really qualify for the exams, tried to study hard, didn't really enjoy it, wasn't really enjoying the part of studying it and so forth. And so eventually decided that I think I need to figure out something else in my life. Um, led me to get introduced to a, a student organization, got me get introduced to do some part-time jobs early on in my career. The reason being because I didn't know what to do beyond study because that's the way it was taught in India. It was what was popular in India. And I was like, that's not going to work out for me, but I still want to get the abundance. It got me interacting with a lot of trainers, educators early on in my career, worked with student organizations where I learned from a ton of mentors who were willing to help. Uh, got me excited about saying, hey, eventually at some point, I can actually be able to create a business for myself. Got excited, didn't really know how to do that. Again, 
not coming from a wealthy family. I didn't have anybody who could support uh, my endeavors or my business ideas or anything. So I, I went to the traditional route. I took a job. And as I took the job, my entrepreneurial instinct still stayed with me. And so even in the job, I was fairly entrepreneurial, fairly uh, progressive, fairly, uh, fairly somebody who would always reach out to say, hey, maybe we can do something more than what we are trained to do, which led me to finally create a company with the founders of that media house that I used to work for, where they invested in that project. We, we didn't really make it work. It kind of bombed, honestly. Uh, we didn't really, we lost all the investment that we made in the company. We got a great tech, but not as great as Facebook. And it was uh, a social network that we are trying to build. Uh, so it didn't really work out for us. And then that led us to, that led me to, to really ask again, Hey, what is it that I want to do? Because again, it was a blank slate at that point. And, um, and I asked around, I asked some friends, I asked past colleagues, I asked people who, who had seen me work in the past. And, and I said, Hey, I want to really learn this internet thing. This internet thing seems crazy good. And I would love to know a little bit more about it. And so one of my friends who was living in Malaysia at that time told me about this tiny little company working out of a bungalow or operating out of a bungalow called Mind Valley. At that time, Mind Valley was just 10 employees in a small unit uh, that was really just starting out, honestly. And, uh, and that, that really, I got excited about it. I, I joined in as an intern. Uh, so I didn't even like, have like a proper job. But very quickly, I realized that organization was trying to do something great and was teaching me a lot. Uh, got me super pumped about creating a new reality for myself, which led me to start several companies in partnership with Mind Valley and outside Mind Valley, and that's how I became a serial entrepreneur. Mm, wow, that's a super, super inspiring story in the sense that uh, not a lot of people uh, are able to get themselves out of these sort of you know difficult conditions financially or in in their life if they have coming from like a poor background and. Uh, and not having access to a lot of resources or education even. So yeah, like uh, you kind of have to, it requires a certain type of person to make it through. So what, what do you think are some of these, you know, characteristics or traits that uh, enabled you to achieve this? I, I think it's more to do with what's your vision and what's your mission to do in life. Um, I think everybody's, everybody has the characteristics to, characteristics to be able to, create a new reality, it's more about are they willing to use those characteristics because it shows up differently for everyone. So for me, it was a lot about resilience. I have, I have a knack of not giving up and always challenging what, uh, what the world tells me is the standard or is okay. I'm somebody who's, who's known to push boundaries, known to say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to accept just because the world says this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to create my own reality. So... <laughs> Sorry about that. So what's true for me is is uh, I don't give up, and I always want to push the needle a little bit, and I always want to push the push the line a little bit, and I always want to try and see what is beyond what everybody has thought about. I can create, but I don't necessarily say that's the characteristics for all all individuals because everybody shows up differently and has a very different set of characteristics that would you that can be utilized to be able to create a new reality for themselves. So as much as yes, resilience helps and less, yes, creativity helps and yes, drive helps. There are other characteristics as well that come in handy and can create great success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so true that, you know, first of all, you, you, you do have to have like a bigger vision and a bigger, bigger why 
to to you know make it happen because if you don't have like a bigger reason then you're simply going to quit and uh, you don't find the motivation to carry on yeah i mean it's just i think what happens is most of us are not excited to create a new future like we think about it but we're not excited we're not making effort to create it but once we do that i think we are fine hmm, i yeah, think we can yeah. create whatever we want to create yeah for sure it and might take time and effort and all of that good stuff which is not not something unique. I mean, if you really think about it, everything takes time. Everything takes effort. Not doing anything also takes time and effort. So I, I think that that's a given. But what's important to know is is that uh, is that you need to have the willingness to do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Not yeah, it's still true that not doing anything also takes effort, and it's definitely like sinks up a lot of time and wastes it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, but that, that's also probably like the topic of uh, your, your, your book, uh, Live Big. So why should people uh, try to live big? The, so as I was creating this new reality for myself, as I was creating this abundance for myself, what had happened was in the process is I lost my, my life. I, I actually didn't really pay attention to my health. I didn't really pay attention to my family. I didn't pay any attention to my friends to myself, my own experiences. I, I didn't really care for it um, because I was just so driven to create this wealth for myself. So I created a great living, but I didn't create a great life. And that got me to, to a stage where I was like, what is happening to me and for me right now is because I'm, I, am, I have everything that I ever thought I would want and I'm not really happy, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as I asked that, question as I, as I wondered why is it that I'm not happy, I, I, I had to do a deep dive. I started to go back to my coaches and teachers and educators. And I started asking these questions in a different way, not really expressing that I'm not happy with my life, but more out of curiosity. And, and I found that one of the big things that I had missed was the intention to even create a life. I had, I had driven myself to create a living and that's why I was able to create it. So I said, okay, so I, I got to find a way to be able to not only create a great living because I still was wanted the house and wanted the car and wanted all that stuff. So I didn't want to lose the materialistic gains and the joy of money that I had, but I also wanted to have a life. And so I went around and I started experimenting with my life. I started experimenting with different philosophies and trainings and I went deep dive and studied a lot and, and tried to find it as to what is it that, that can allow me to be able to live a great life not just a great living, but a great life. I have a holistic viewpoint towards life. And what I found is that if you really follow certain principles and if you follow certain perspectives or at least give it a, give it a consideration, you can not only create that for yourself, you can create it for the people around you. Because first, when I tried these different perspectives that we talk about in the book, it not only changed my life, I was also coaching clients and I still consult and coach clients. And I started sharing these ideas with them and I found that not only my life transformed, their life transformed using the same principles, using the same philosophies, using the same strategies. And so I said, well, if it is that effective, why not take it to the world? And that really comes from a place of service and love because that's what my values are. And, and I said, okay, let's try, to, let, let's try to see if we can box it all or, or kind of summarize it all into a book. And that's what Livebook is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is true that uh, a lot of people tend to sacrifice some aspects of their life, whether that be in relationships or health, in 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 the name of like success and uh, glory. And uh, I believe also believe that it is possible to achieve 
everything uh, holistically and to kind of cover it all. You just have to be quite strategic and uh, mindful about it. Mm-hmm. It's true. You, you have to start there. You have to start by saying, what is it that I want and, and why is it that I want it? And, and once you know this is what you want and why you want it, the why of, of knowing what you want allows you to be able to come up with ideas and perspectives and strategies and, ide- and, and, and principles that will allow you to actually make progress towards it. And that's our intention of the book. The book is, is to give you some of those strategies, some of those perspectives that allow you to be able to rethink your life and consider a very different way of living it. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably very practical. But uh, what, what would be like some quick little pointers or little tips for people to, where can they start finding their why and uh, living their like bigger, uh, bigger purpose? Say that again. Uh, what would be some like initial tips or pointers for people to, you know, implement right away? Where can they start? So a way to get started right away is to, is to first take a deep dive into understanding who you truly are and who you honestly are. Not, not the version that the world tells you you are, but the version that you know you are. And you would find those versions and those principles and those core values that you want to really live by in your past. So a first journey that I would invite uh, people to do is to take the journey in their past and really look at what is it that really defined them? What are some of those experiences? What are some of those um, events that happened in life? What are some of those uh, things that stayed with them beyond, uh, beyond reasonable time? That will give you a real good insight into who you really are. And that's a good starting point to really move towards creating what you really want to create. Because once you understand who you truly are, once you understand what is honest to you, then you can go, okay, what is it? If this is honest to me, if I know that this is how I would love to live my life because it's honest to me, right? Mm-hmm. What is it that I need to create to be able to really live it on a daily and moment by moment basis, right? And when you ask those questions, first understanding your past, recognizing it and being grateful for your past and really knowing where you're coming from and then saying, because now I know this is what is the truth about me, what is it that I want to create? It'll allow you to create a vision for yourself that is not influenced by what the world tells you is successful, but what you think is success for you, right? And that would allow you to really be able to craft a vision and craft an idea for you that will allow you to be able to keep moving forward and with pace. But here is one thing that we must be careful about when we are creating a vision for ourselves is that vision needs to be elusive. The vision needs to be like the horizon. The vision needs to be something that is so far out that it's almost impossible to reach. And the reason for that is because if the vision is too small, we start to settle for what we can or what we can imagine ourselves to really achieve, right? We start to settle at a much lower place where we can actually go versus uh, where, we, where we can actually achieve or the purpose that we can actually live. Instead of that, we start to compromise because we feel like we'll never get there. But that's the idea of purpose. That's the idea of the elusive goal is to say, life is a dance, life is music, you keep playing it, but you, but you know that there will be an end, there will be death, and that will be the end, right? But you don't work for the end, you work for the play, right? You work for every moment of your life. And that's, that's really the idea that I would invite us to, to consider when you create your vision, when you create your goal, is to have that as the future-focused, far-out thing that you're chasing because it gives you drive, but not really to meet that ever, 
because that would mean that in a way. And if you are getting close to it, let's say you decided some vision and some purpose for yourself and you're like, hey, it's about to get met. You know, I've solved the problem. I've solved this thing or I've solved the problem for myself, right? Then go ahead and move that goal, move that vision, have a grander vision then from where, that, where you are at right now. And that's really the way to define a really good vision that will drive you towards it. So that will pull you forward. But at the same point of time, keep you grounded in today's reality. And have you, have you been a place of joy and happiness while you're chasing this grand vision of yourself? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's actually really good advice. I, I liked it that, um, you, you know, you have to kind of go back into your past and see uh, what kind of uh, you know, bigger lessons you can take away from it. Because yeah, more often than not, people are kind of defining themselves by their past, and you know, because because of some sort of you know traumas or past issues or something like that. Uh, but you know, you don't have to be defined by them, or you don't have to be confined by them. You can kind of reshape your perception of those things that have happened to you in the past, and you can kind of choose uh, what kind of a you know future you you're gonna be because of them. You know, they, they can only make you better in the sense if you if you don't let them uh, control you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're very right, right. Sometimes we get limited by our past, but that's, that's why I said, you don't want to think about your past from a place of saying, oh, this is my past. And so this is who I am. But you actually, you, that's not the right way to approach it. The right way to approach it is to say, this is what happened in my past. What is true to me? Mm-hmm. Right? So you're not, you're not trying to get influenced by the past. You're just trying to un- unravel yeah. why you changed because of that event. And is that, a, is that the right change or not? Mm-hmm. Right. So remember, our experiences form us. There's nothing wrong with that. But to know if those experiences should form us or not, or be informed about that you are formed by those experiences is power. Mm-hmm. Because you know, okay, that's why I believe this. And now I can change it because I know exactly why I believe something that uh, a belief that is not really good for me. Right. So you, you have beliefs, of course, all of us do. And they come from our past, of course. But sometimes those beliefs are not useful to us. And if we untangle it from our past, we are able to create a more empowering belief and a more empowering vision of ourselves in the future. Also, a lot of times those events were not really an influence to you. It was the meaning that you made out of that event. Hmm. So maybe it is time for you to really let go of the meaning and see if it's true to you, if it's honest to you. If, and you will know if it's honest to you because you just love living in that place. The moment you realize your belief, the moment you realize your value, you go, okay, I love operating from this place. Like I would, I would want to be here always, mm. right? That's when you know that you are operating from the right belief. Mm, that's, yeah. Like it's, it has to involve some intuition in a sense and self-awareness to know yes. where, where. A lot but, of stuff. Yeah. But uh, what about you yourself? Like what, what, what were these past lessons that have influenced you the most from your, from your childhood and history? So firstly, like I told you about my story, I grew up in a house of 23 people, which meant nobody really got attention from anybody else, right? Uh, and everybody must have made their own meaning, but the meaning that I made was that I'm not loved. I'm not loved by my family. I'm not loved by my parents. I'm not loved by my brother not loved by anyone. And that gave me an essence of saying I needed to do things to get love. Right. And so I used to operate from a place where I would do things just because I wanted to be accepted and I wanted to be loved only to realize in time, that that's not a great place to operate from. I am loved. I am loved for that matter. Right. So, and when I realized that, that my true essence was to be able to serve people and to love people and to love myself 
in the process and, and not even in the process, just love myself. Uh, I realized that was tremendous amount of power. And so today I operate from a place of service and love. And I wake up every morning to say, hey, how am I going to serve today? How am I going to love today? And by love, it doesn't only mean the romantic love, of course. It means the love for humanity, love for art, love for everything. Mm-hmm. And so every single day I operate from a place of saying, can I serve people? And can I serve myself? And can I love people? And can I love myself? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I find ways to do that on a daily basis. I find ways to do that on a moment-to-moment basis. And I'm grateful that I'm able to do that. But that's the real me. That's the one. That's the me that I know is true to myself and is not one of those who wants to be egotistical. I don't want to be the guy who is on the top of the mountain. I'm not that guy. That was just me trying to find acceptance and love. And I had to let it go for me, for the real me to show up and say, hey, this is what is honest. This feels honest. This feels real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And uh, what, what would you say to someone who you know, doesn't have any bigger aspirations or goals, uh, some, somewhat similar to yours of you know, trying to help others? And what, what would you say to someone who is, who is like this egotistic and selfish kind of a person? That's absolutely fine. There is no big vision or small vision. Your vision is big. Like the, the context of saying, hey, there's a comparative vision. So think about it like this. Let's, let's diagnose the question that you just asked, right? The question is, what if somebody does not have a big vision like you? Why does it matter what vision I have of myself? That's my vision. That's my personal story. That has nothing to do with anybody else's story and shouldn't do anything with anybody else's story. We are all individual universes with our own stories and our own visions of ourselves. And that's the only thing that you have to care about. You shouldn't care what somebody else says in context of their vision. You shouldn't compare because comparison is what creates competition. Comparison is what creates trauma. Comparison is what creates us not feeling good enough. You don't want to compare. You don't want to go, oh, that person's so much further than me. No, they are on their own journey. They're not further than you. They're not behind from you. They're in their own timeline. We are all in our own timeline and we must respect that. So there is nobody who should feel right now listening to this conversation that, oh, I don't have a big vision like you, Ajit. No, you have a big vision for yourself and that's how it should be. Don't discount yourself because somebody makes you feel small or somebody makes you feel big. That's not the reason why we live. We live to enjoy life and live our grandest purposes. And in some cases, it is just about whatever that is, it is for you, right? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, like like uh, a lot of people may get like some sort of um, inferiority complex if they look at social media people from uh, people doing like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or those sorts of people. They tend to want to compare themselves to those, and uh, they think they have to uh, like set as big goals or achieve as much things. But yeah, like like I said, it's it's like a comparison game is gonna end up causing a lot more suffering and anxiety, and uh, it's never gonna be as fulfilling for the for the person through that yeah uh, but uh, in in terms of uh, you know once you've kind of defined your defined uh, your you know why and uh, your purpose you know is it is it always the case that your purpose is all, all also aligned with your passion and uh, the things that you love you know like uh, in some cases uh, some people may feel simply let's say obligated to do certain things 
uh, but they're not necessarily passionate about it. Uh, what what would what, what what advice would you give in that situation? Well, you shouldn't do things that you're not passionate about. You should try to see how you can stop doing things that you're not passionate about. And I know it might feel hard when I say this. It might be like, oh, what do you mean? That's my bread and butter. That's how I pay the bills, mm-hmm. right? And I hear you, and that's okay for now. But if you really are looking for living a purposeful life, if you're looking for living a joyful life, there will be a time where you would realize that you're not living in passion, not working in your passionate area is the reason why you're unhappy, right? It's why your health starts to suffer. It's why you're not happy in your relationships or in your friendships. It's because you're not enjoying the thing that you do for most part of your day. Hmm. Think about it like this. We work on an average, what, six, eight, 10 hours a day. 10 hours a day out of 24 hours, the only other thing we do as much is sleep. And we should be sleeping because that's the time we grow and we rest and we grow as, as mentally and we're rested and so forth. So the only other thing that you invest that much time in is something that you're not liking or you're not passionate about. Why the heck would you do it? It makes no sense, right? It makes no logical sense for you to do it. Now, here's the thing. What do we do if that's our source of money? Well, find a way to transition out of that. Right? And nobody should quit their jobs immediately. And I want to put that, put that out as a disclaimer straight off before we even get like, to that point of people going, okay, so does that mean I should quit my job? Do not quit your job. What I'm saying is transition out of it, which simply means that you start to go, okay, firstly, what is my passion? Right? Just to say what I'm doing right now is not my passion is not going give you, to give you your passion. You have to first find what your passion is. Do it in your free time. Figure out what your passion is. And once you figure out what your passion is, then you say, okay, how can I make practical business out of this passion? Can I actually make a practical business out of it? Because if you can't make practical business out of it, well, guess what? Find your second favorite thing to do or your second passion, right? Because the first passion is not going to work out, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't make any money around it, right? So find the second passion and hopefully you will be able to make money around that. Now find ways how to make money around that and start to build business around it. That would happen through you understanding how to build a business around it, you training around it, you learning around it, you asking questions, hiring coaches, hiring mentors, working with them, really creating a reality around your passion. And once it starts to take off, by which I mean it's making at least as much money as you were making in your job, that's when you quit your job. And that's when you go, now I live on passion, right? It might take you two to five years, but hey, in context of your 30-year life that you still might be doing a job or 20-year life that you still might be doing a job, it's only 25% of the time. You get to enjoy and live in a place of passion for the remaining all of it, right? And it doesn't take more than three to five years to build a business that you're passionate about once you find your passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true that, uh, you know, if, even if you do have the passion, then you still have to take action upon it. And uh, like, uh, like we mentioned earlier in the beginning of the interview that, uh, you know, doing nothing is, you know, simply wasting time. And uh, it's, it's always you know, leading you away from the purpose in a sense. You're, you're not being able to, you know, fulfill your passion and, uh, and such. And uh, being able to, you know, find the time is like a really essential component of it because, yeah, if something is important, then you will always find enough time to do it, even if it means, you know, working a few extra hours or sacrificing some leisure time initially. But, you know, after a while, it's going to pay dividends and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be more worth it. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, but what about procrastination and uh, wasting time? Like, uh, how do you, you know, avoid these sorts of lack of motivations and uh, things of like that? Or if you, if you tend to, you know, not make any 
you know, fast results. How do you reconcile that? So firstly, I don't attach myself to results in a way where it's fast or slow. Results are results and I work for them, but I'm also detached to the idea of saying that there's a particular outcome that I must achieve for me to be able to find happiness and joy with myself. So firstly, not being able to achieve your goals is not a bad thing. It's something that you should work towards is to achieve them. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen and that's okay. Secondly, how do you beat procrastination? So here's a secret to freedom of time. Freedom of time or lack of procrastination would happen when you have structure around time. And that sounds counterintuitive to most people, but if you really think about time, time is a construct that we have that we created for, for our life, right? We go, this is one hour, this is two hours, this takes one hour, this takes two hours, right? Everything mm-hmm. is subject to our uh, opinion in a way. There's no real timeline except like scientific things. There's no real timeline to do things, right? We just say, oh, this task will take me an hour. Well, it might take 10 minutes, who knows, right? So what you want to think about is firstly that time is mendable in many ways for you and for everybody. You can mend time, you can bend it, you can create it, you can bend it to the structure that allow you to be able to create the life that you want to. So for example, I have a very strict rule of saying I work for four hours a day, four days a week, Mm. right? That's all I work, right? And the reason for that is because if I put myself into the structure of putting focused effort over a course of four hours every day for four days in a week, what it allows me to do is to only focus on the key ideas and the key things that are really important for my business mm. and be able to operate from that and create a new reality from it, right? And once that happens, guess what happens? Then I have a lot of abundance of time to do other stuff and to even procrastinate if I want to, mm-hmm. right? But what I would do is I would even schedule things in my free time because if I don't schedule things in my free time, what's going to happen? I'm going to go to my phone. I'll start working again. Or I will be a reactive person and hope that somebody else plans the day for me or plans a new reality or helps me live my reality. Instead, Mm -hmm. I just simply say, hey, if I really am honest with myself, I know exactly what I need to do because I know how I want to play, how I want to show up, what do I want to learn, right? And if I know all those answers, why not schedule that, right? Mm -hmm. So treat time like, um, like a bendable thing that will bend to your wishes and your commands what you have to think about only is do you want to procrastinate? Because sometimes you want to kind of not do things. And I'm using the word procrastination lightly here because sometimes that procrastination actually is a sign of creativity. Mm. And, and so I'm, it's not always the case. I'm not trying to uh, get everybody off the hook here. It's, uh, it's sometimes people who procrastinate tend to be more creative because they think, to, think about saying, okay, this is what I want to create in my new reality. You know, like they kind of go, okay, this, this is, if, if for me to be able to come up with a creative answer, I need to be able to do this, right? So for that, they need to procrastinate a little bit because they need to need that time to be able to think about it. So that's kind of where, where I would say procrastination might be useful for some of the people, uh, but not for all of the people. So let's be careful about that, hmm. but use time to create freedom, put structure yeah. around time to create freedom. That would be an easy, good way to go, go about it. Hmm. Yeah, I totally love it in a sense that, uh, if you if you only limit yourself to a certain hours of doing work, then it kind of creates this urgency as well, and you're gonna you know take more advantage of it in a sense. You're not gonna waste it. You're not gonna spend that time doing like social, you know, not like scrolling through social media or something. You're actually working, and you end up achieving more with less time, just because you like put some positive restriction on yourself. And about the procrastination as well, like 
you know, you know, taking a break and uh, letting your mind wander, those things are essential as well for your brain to recover and, you know, come up with great ideas and uh, things that, you know, like you should never become busy in a sense. You don't want to be busy just for the sake of being uh, busy or being active. You know, you want to get the, get, you, you want to be productive in a sense as well and uh, to kind of work towards only those goals that you actually desire to achieve, not, you know, do, do some random things that you think you want. Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, but uh, like it also like involves you as an entrepreneur, you have to kind of surround yourself with the right people as well. So uh, what, what kind of qualities do you find most valuable in other people that uh, you want to surround yourself with? Well, firstly, I look for value alignment between me and the people that I'm hanging out with, because what I've found is often when, uh, when we try to look for skill sets, skills are, are evolving for all human beings, right? So today you might be great at writing copy, tomorrow you might be great at writing video, you know, or whatever that is, right? Or recording video. So my intention or my play is always to ask a different question. I go, okay, I know that human beings will change and will acquire skills and so forth. What is it that I can do uh, that I can, I can find a greater alignment where it's timeless, the relationship that we have, right? Because sometimes, I feel like we are very timely in the sense that we kind of go, okay, right now that person is good at this, so let me bring him into my circle, uh, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I find that I'm somebody who likes to have a small but really tight circle, which means I don't invite everybody into my circle and I don't want to invite everybody in my circle, which means that if I really want to build a relationship, I must invest in it. And so I look for values and visions of people in their lives and if they have values that are similar to mine or great or values that I would like to incorporate in my life, uh, then I would invite them into my circle. And then I would also look for what is their vision for their life. If they have a grand vision for their life, because I have a grand vision for my life, I feel like we, because we're value aligned, will be able to find that synergy and have that energy exchange, even if we never business become business partners or so forth but we will have the right energy exchange for us to be able to create the reality that you want to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it, it is, uh, it, it is uh, making sense. And uh, uh, you always kind of uh, want to surround yourself with the people that you know, share some similar values and such. But uh, I also kind of find some value in, uh, in people who contradict your views, who kind of challenge you in a positive way and uh, kind of make you question your own beliefs and make you think that, oh, maybe... Maybe, uh, or like question whether or not you are doing the right thing uh, in, in, the, in a sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the thing is, the, the point is that, yes, you are right that we want people to be able to challenge us all the time. But that's why the value alignment is so important. That's mm -hmm. why the, the alignment towards a vision is so important. Because if you have somebody who has a grand vision of themselves or want to do something that is great in their life or want to do something similar to what you want to do in life, plus have the values of service and love, let's say if we are value aligned, well, there is no reason why you would not argue when somebody's not wrong, uh, mm -hmm. when somebody's wrong, right? Because that's just the place that you operate from. That's your values. It's like, I'm not gonna let a friend hurt themselves. I am not gonna shut down because I feel somebody will feel bad because that's not my value, mm -hmm. right? So, so I think that inherently solves that problem by, by asking a different question. And that's why, I, like I said, it's, it's not, 
uh, right or wrong. It's just my way of looking at the world is slightly different than most people's looking at the world. I don't look for how do I win today? Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who goes, how do, I, how do I get to live the way I want to live always? Right. So I, I play with people who, 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 would, who I think would, would allow me to do that in the sense of be able to be support that vision and are actually a part of it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense in a sense that, uh, you know, kind of not, not cause any unnecessary turmoil or conflict <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, unnecessary, yes. But at the same point in time, if it's needed, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Turmoil is not bad. Yeah. Unnecessary turmoil for things that don't matter, that's, a, that, that's not useful. For sure. Yeah, that is, that is true. And uh, as an entrepreneur, like avoiding unnecessary stress and burnout is also quite useful. So like, what, what, what are your daily habits and routines to you know, keep yourself healthy and uh, balanced? Uh, have, I, I try intermittent fasting. That's been really good for me. And it seems like it's good for a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. males. Um, I work out. I eat very healthy. I'm vegan. Um, I, I have a really good policy around my emotional ish, emotions and also around how I treat time, which is creates a lot of space for not being getting burnt out. I mean, if mm-hmm. you, you can imagine, right, if I have four or five hours a day free to myself, just doing life, not just like working all the time, like having a good time with my family, going out, getting experiences with my family and so forth. Of course, I, I don't get burned out because I have the balance that I need to be able to really uh, live it fully, honestly. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, once you kind of find your why and purpose, then it's, it's so easy to avoid the burnout as well because like the work itself is fulfilling you and giving you more energy. So exactly. That's, yeah. that, that's where you have to begin again. <laughs> find your why first. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the starting point for everything. Yeah, that's true. the starting point. And once you're past that, then there are more things to think about. But uh, that's the starting point. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned intermittent fasting as well. And uh, I, I remember when I met Vision as well a few months ago and we did a podcast and he also like was a big fan of uh, time-restricted feeding and uh, things like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's something that we have been trying and testing. It's been, it's been around for a bit. It's been around mm-hmm. for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it seems to work really well, especially for, for males. It's not always working for females. So if, for the female listeners, you got to be careful a little bit. <laughs> That's true. But uh, what do you eat then uh, once you break the fast? I usually go with Bulletproof Coffee and I have uh, something that has protein. So I don't have a fixed thing that I would eat, but I usually start it with a protein-based meal. Mm, okay that's that's yeah you're getting like a bit better boost for the brain and a stable energy for the entire day yes mm. uh, like uh we're starting to reach the end of the uh, conversation as well and uh, like uh what would be what are these like near near future goals you've set for yourself and uh, your company so so i i believe in long-term planning right so again i'm somebody who says short-term goals are great to have the next three months, the next six month goals, but that should operate and they should come from a long-term vision that you have. Say, I think about things that I want to do in five years or 10 years, and then I go, all right, this is where I want to be 10 years from now. So what is it that I need to do today? And how do I want to live today so I can create my 10-year reality, right? Not just manifest it, not think through it, but actually take action towards it. So in 10 years where I want to be, I can be there. And the reason for that is simple, because when you think about a 10-year vision, there is no sense of urgency and anxiety around it. 
What is there is sense of creation, right? And, mm-hmm. and so I want to be somebody who doesn't operate from anxiety. I want to be somebody who operates from creation. And so that's where I, I operate from. And that's why I have a 10-year vision for mm-hmm. my company instead of thinking about where do I want to be in the next six months or in the next one year because that creates a lot of anxiety for me. And mm-hmm. so I, I, don't, I don't prefer that. And I know that's true for a lot of people as well, which is why most people give up their year-long goals in the first three months of the year because they start feeling they're not going to get to their goal, right? And that's why a lot of people are disappointed at the end of the year because they feel like, oh, they didn't get the goal that they really wanted to get. And, and that's, I, I don't think that's a good place to operate from for us as entrepreneurs. Hmm. That's a, like, actually a good point that you shouldn't you know, get caught up with the minutia that your, you know, the short-term goal or the deadline that is, you know, impeding in your, in your, uh, you know, calendar, you want to focus on the bigger picture definitely because like the long game is where, where all the magic happens, so to say. Absolutely. You're so right. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, what can people learn more about you and your work? Where can get, where can they get the, the book that we talked about? So the book is available at livebigthebook.com, livebigthebook.com. That's the link to go and get the book. It's available internationally. It's available at all places. It might be available at a bookstore near you, but if not, it's definitely available at all online platforms. So just go to livebigthebook.com and you'll be able to get order a copy from your favorite platform. Now, how to be connected, the best way of doing it is when you get the book, you'll get a secret link inside the book that'll allow you to get a 21-day program. It's a 21-day reset for you to be able to actually start taking the things that you learned in the book and actually start practicing it. And as you start practicing it, you'll also find ways to connect with the community. You'll find ways to connect with me directly. And that would be the best way to, for us to connect. I'm also available at all social media platforms. You can just search my name. But the ideal way would be to have a, a way of learning and that's a live back as a book. Hmm. Wow, yeah, that's super curious or super interesting and uh, fascinating. And I will leave all the links in the show notes as well for people to check out. And uh, my last question is, uh, what would be this one piece of advice or a habit you wish you adopted sooner that improved your body and your mind? Uh, I think intermittent fasting would be a good one for my body for sure, because that was something that I picked on much later. Um, Also being vegan helped a lot, just not having dairy and so forth. So body-wise, that's probably some of the best things that I can suggest for somebody to try. Uh, right now uh, for your mind I think this constant learning constantly mm. always being curious and saying hey I, I want to operate from a place of saying I don't know anything or I know a few things but I don't know any everything so I, I gotta stay curious and I gotta keep asking questions and so forth I think mm. that was a great place for me <laughs> yeah like it's the first principle of every everything is that I know one thing and that is that I know nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. It's yeah. a found, foundation of knowledge. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Ajit. And uh, I'm, defi- I'm definitely looking forward to your work and, uh, and the Mindvalley's work as well. And uh, probably maybe, maybe we'll you know, stay in touch in the future as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sim, for inviting me on this conversation. I'm, I'm so grateful for having this talk with you. Yeah. I'll see you around. Bye. If you want to support this podcast and the YouTube channel, then consider becoming a Patreon and leave us a review on iTunes and other social media platforms as well. Thanks for listening. My name is Seem. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay empowered. Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind.